Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I have in the building with me the MC from Foxton, the man with the skills, the man Dills. How what you up? doing? I'm good, bro. Thank you. Thanks for coming through, bro. Cool. Um, first thing I want to know is how you got into all this in the first place because you used to do metal, right? Yes, you've seen that. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So basically, I used to be in a metal band. We were called Serene Silence. And um, from there, I was, a, I was a lead guitarist and I wrote yep. some of the lyrics. Like, I wasn't the only songwriter, but I helped with the lyrics. Yeah. And then uh, basically, I can't sing. So if I wanted to carry on writing lyrics and do my own stuff, yep. I had to rap. <laughs> so, oh, true. Yeah. I started rapping. Yeah. I was a big fan of hip hop, though. Growing up, I, you know, listened to Eminem growing up and all the oh, rest of it so yeah. I think yeah. any white boy is uh, yeah. a fan of Eminem eh? 100% yeah, yeah I actually used to have his albums and my dad used to come in and be like you're not allowed to listen to this one but same you, thing yeah yeah same problem yep. oh yeah so what's it like in terms of how you developed your style was it something that evolved over time or have you always just kept it the same uh, I honestly because you've been around for ages I have I've been yeah. doing music for like seven hip hop for like seven ish seven eight years yeah and I, I used to just do the mixtapes and just youtube beats and put up stuff on Bandcamp, and i mean it actually kind of what i would say almost kind of kick-started me and built me a little bit of a core fan base because i mean I've, I've got people that have been writing with me since back then yeah, yeah so yeah. i've still got people that have hit me up and they'd be like i've been listening to your music for seven years yeah and um like my Bandcamp, like i mean it's not any big big achievement but like yeah. you jump on my statistics i got over a couple thousand downloads on my mixtapes you know what i mean so yeah, yeah, yeah. there is people that have heard my earlier stuff um but i feel like my earlier stuff was all kind of similar um like my flows i was never really diverse my delivery was kind of always the same and so uh, when i've worked on my first studio album which was metamorphosis i realized that i need to do something in terms of like making sure that i'm uh finding myself in a way that is going to I'm going to be able to reach more people. I can't just sound the same on every song. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, totally. I, I branched out. I tried to work on different types of music. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I've found my sound now. And for me, the way I put it is uh, I, I'm trying to find the balance between underground and mainstream. It's pretty hard. It's hard. Because yeah. you want to you wanna have the respect of the underground. Yep. But the appeal of the mainstream, exactly. which is the very, very hard balance. Yeah. And so with the underground, I mean, you've got the lyrical, you've got the, you know, the rhyme schemes, the wordplay, the mainstream, you've got the catchiness and uh, the simplest, you know, simplicity of your lyrics. So it's kind of trying to combine that, you know, trying to have simple lyrics, but at the same time, they're on, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do you how do you do that? Um, well, for me, I feel like um, it's almost saying... Like not not being too technical of what I'm saying anymore. Like I do have those songs. Like if you listen to my album, I've got a couple songs that are basically mainstream songs, and yeah, I've got a couple yeah, songs yeah. that are basically underground songs. But the ones where I try to bring the two together is um I'm doing the rhyme schemes and stuff like that, but I'm not getting too technical about it. Mm. Um, two steps forward and three steps back. It's like we grow apart with each step back. So you know that's just the first line for weight on you. And uh, my rhyme scheme there is three steps back each set back you know what i mean yeah yeah but at the same time i'm just saying something simple because you got some cool stuff man and uh you do a lot of conscious stuff which is cool mm. you're not just all about bars and stuff like some rappers are yeah no um i, I do rap about my life yeah yeah that's I, one of the cool things i like about you yeah um and i feel like that just comes from for me it's an outlet you know what i mean so mm. for me rapping about my life that's a way that i can deal with that situation yeah so if I'm going through something, instead of, I don't know, maybe punching a boxing bag like someone might or they might go do drugs, I don't know. But uh, the way I, do, I deal with it, I just write music. You know, there's a lot of songs on my laptop where I've gone through something, you know, whatever I've gone through. I've made a song just to help me deal with that situation yeah. and it's just sitting on my laptop and it's because I made it for me to help me deal with that situation. Mm. And then sometimes I'll release them. So it's like a therapy? Therapy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you grew up in Foxton. Yeah, born and raised. Yeah, and then you moved to Sydney for a while, didn't I you? I did, yes. Yeah. So I moved to Sydney April last year, I think, and I came back April this year. Oh, you picked a good time to come back, bro, considering what's going on over there with the, this, with yeah, the fires yeah, and no, stuff. Yeah, um, you know, I feel for everybody over there. I've got yeah, so totally. much so much friends and, you know, I, they're, oh, same, they're yeah. pretty much like family for me now. So I've been talking to them every every week. I keep in touch with all of them. So shout out if they're watching. Um, but at the same time, you know, they've been keeping me updated on what's going on, how it's like in their areas, uh, what it's like going into work because I used to work right by the Harbour Bridge. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, they're... You know, hope hope everything gets sorted over the ASAP. So, what was what was your reasoning for moving to Sydney? 
Uh, for, for, for moving over there, my partner and I, we ran an accommodation complex up in Rotorua. Yeah. So we were the managers and um, that we lived on site. And so when we left that job, we had no house and we both had no job. So it was kind of like, well, what what do we do? We'll just make the big leap, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so we just booked tickets, didn't have anything lined up or anything like that. But I landed there on the Monday, applied for a job on Tuesday and I had it by Friday. So I was away. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you get any culture shock or anything when you moved? Nah. Uh, Aussie is almost like New Zealand. Um, almost, yeah. Almost. What I say different is brown grass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've got they've got uh, wild cockatoos. So, like, I was going for a run one morning and there was a cockatoo up in the tree. And I was thinking, oh, someone's parrot, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, bird, yeah. bird escaped. And uh, so I took photos of it and everything like that. And then yeah. I realized that they're just a wild bird over there. And then uh, also it kind of stinks in some places, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, I wouldn't go to the point of saying it's polluted, um, but. Is it, it within the CBD itself? Not even like, I mean, the, the busier part, you know, the busier parts the more city like areas yeah, yeah. are the areas that do stink more. Mm. Uh, it's just not, the air's not as fresh. You know, you can tell New Zealand when you're here, the air's fresh. Yeah, because I went to Sydney last year and you can even just see it as well. Yeah, oh, like you don't like you don't notice how green New Zealand is until yeah, you leave and then you come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So it took me because I've been to Thailand as well, and I mean that that in a lot of areas has the same kind of a smell. Yeah, you know? and uh, it takes you leaving New Zealand and coming back to it to appreciate that New Zealand doesn't smell like that. Yeah, and yeah. that you can go out and see all those like you know jungle or greenery or you know even the fact that our grass is green. Um, so it is a beautiful sight. You, you appreciate it once you've left and come back. Right. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. So obviously the main thing I got to ask you about is the whole thing with Tom Francis. How the whole, how the whole thing went down. Now obviously there's some people probably watching this that don't know the full story. So yep. um, just to give a bit of a breakdown, there's an artist, Tom Francis. He's worked with artists like Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, I think as well. I don't know if he's worked with Wiz Khalifa. He claims he has. I've he claims seen. he has. Yeah. Okay, well, whether he has or not, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you guys were supposed to do something together. Well, yeah. you did do something together, and it and it all went to shit, basically. Basically, yeah. So he was, um, he's the owner and like runs Black Market Enterprise, which is a record label here in New Zealand. Yep. And uh, they, you know, were supposed to do a distribution deal for my album, so. I invested every cent of my own into the album, created the album, got all the artists on it myself, yep. you know, took it to the studio myself, shot all the music videos, everything like that, all myself, and all they were supposed to do is um, put it out there, you know what I mean? They were supposed to line up my FM flavour, they were supposed to uh, put it out to, you know, promote it to these countries and set me up so that I could go on a tour here and there and all the rest of it. They just, you know, sold the dream. And uh, at the end of the day, they put the, the album out on all the platforms, didn't promote it at all. But uh, through my own fan base, you know, through my own people that have been following me and listening to my music and uh, buying and streaming, etc. It did, you know, make its way onto the New Zealand hip hop charts, etc. Mm. But I never seen a cent. So they took the money and run basically i've never i haven't really ever heard from because there was an agreement wasn't there but it was only via email yeah yeah so everything all the contact was through phone calls emails i never actually went and met up with them uh but it was enough like because people have hit me up about this it was enough like it was a legal you know agreement yeah yeah because that's that's what i mean even though even though yeah even though there is no actual contract per se there is still written evidence exactly yeah from a from a business to a customer yeah yeah. they sold you know they were supposed to do a job and they didn't do it yeah uh and that agreement was there in writing and uh it wasn't fulfilled you know and as a business you can't do that yeah and i won the court case so anybody saying oh we should have did this or you might have did this wrong i did things right if i won a court case you know what i mean like i took it to court and they said yes you did this and they didn't do this so so. you got your money back no i've earned the right to get the money back but they've never paid it you know they still haven't paid a cent so i won the court case last year november i've actually been going through this for like a year and a half that's a long time yeah i think people don't realize how long um court cases can go on oh yeah no i'm supposed i think i don't even know when it's supposed to be it's probably i think it's probably this week or next week there's supposed to be another court thing i don't know if i'm supposed to be there or not but yeah i suppose there's um still heaps of stuff you can't even talk about as well uh to a degree 
Yeah. Uh, and there's some stuff that I just won't talk about. Yeah, which is um, fair enough. Because I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to sound like a, a hater. And, you know, I hate them, but I'm not trying to sound. Hey, dude, I don't blame you, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just sitting here trying to sound like a hater. What I did is I told my story and I told my story to my fan base. Uh, and it just went further than that because people agreed and people had been fucked over by him themselves. So, you know, at the end of the day, all I did was tell my story and I did it as a last resort. I've been dealing with this stuff privately for a year, so over a year. Because the dude has lost a lot of respect in the hip-hop community, man. I think, yeah, I mean, he, he tried to kind of garner, like, you know, create false respect mm. by going out and paying for Snoop Dogg or saying he's doing this when he isn't really. Because, I mean, he told me he was distributing for Ty Dollar Sign and Wiz Khalifa. I haven't seen any evidence of that. I do know with a lot of rappers, and I'm sure you've found this as well, that some rappers do just talk a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, um, they do. <laughs> I mean, they do, yeah. You know, like, uh, what is it? Uh, fake it till you make it? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing. That that's, should be his motto. It should be like, black market enterprise, fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can you see through, has this experience taught you to see through the bullshit when someone tells you, hey, I can do this for you? Yeah, no, this experience has opened my eyes big time. So like, um, I've been hit up, by you know kind of a couple of uh different record labels etc since and uh i'm in negotiations with one he's he's i'm close with him though like he, he's i know him personally and i am c confident and comfortable going into business with this guy okay uh because i have worked with him in the past you know i've, I've stayed at his house um so i am open to that kind of deal but at the same time i'm very you know my mind is open my eyes are open i'm uh, not just going to be so trust trusting in the future. Are you a lot more skeptical now as a yeah, result when uh, anybody says anything? Yeah, I am skeptical. Um, yeah, it's kind of I'm not going to I'm not going to believe it until it's in front of me. Yeah, but just should have been like that in the first place. But at the same time, you know, I'm not the type of person to go and fuck people over. So I don't expect people to fuck me over. I'm the type of person if you respect me, I respect you, and if you fuck me over, I'll fuck you over type thing. But like, you know, I'm not going to be fucking people over just going out of my way to do it and then create a bad name for myself i'm the type of person that will like get my revenge yeah you know what i mean like yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. fuck me over i'm not just gonna lay lay on the ground and fucking take it yeah uh, and that's the thing like with tom francis he's been fucking people over for years mm. there's uh people that have come forward and like from when black market enterprise first started um and they would you know, hitting me up, telling me their stories, venues uh, where he hasn't paid the bar tabs after they've gone on tour, promoters with he's lied about how many tickets were sold and then they put the event on and eight people turn up, uh, photo shoot people where he's had the photo shoot done and then he didn't pay the photographers, uh, people like um, jumping on songs, the Twister song, for example, he had another person invest $6,000 or something like that and um, from there, he kicked that person off the song and kept the Twister verse for himself. So he's been doing it for years. And the way he gets a, you know, he gets around it because he bullies people. He threatens them. I'll blackball you from the music industry. He's turned up the people's houses with Islanders, you know, trying to the hell? trying to intimidate people. He's, he's Didn't he get New Zealand of the Year as well? He got runner up. But that's the oh. thing. And I think that's why that's why I was kind of not naturally trusting, but that's why I did trust him in a way, you know? Yeah. You, you see somebody get a New Zealand runner up, New Zealand of the Year, you don't expect them to be like that. Um but yeah, so I'm not scared of him. That's that's why I've been able to come out. I don't care what he says to me. I don't care about his threats. You know what I mean? And if he wants to come and see me, I'll, I'm open to having a conversation with him. If he wants to call me, I'm open to having a conversation. Have with you tried him. to get in touch with I've him? I've tried. I've tried contacting him for years, like for over a year, email, phone calls, texting. He doesn't. He's he's not going to talk to me, especially now. Um, yeah. I mean, I've destroyed his career. I think. But, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, like I was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not scared of his threats, and I'm not, I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not that type of person. Yeah, yeah. So well, it got it got national coverage and everything as yeah. well. So it's a it's a big big thing. Yeah, I mean, like anybody that searched Tom Francis now before they work with him, they're going to see it, and yeah. that's that's the goal. You know, it, right. it wasn't the goal, but I mean, it's a good thing. You know, a good. But uh, you tried to deal with it privately. I did, it, yeah, for over a year. Yeah, but like. And because that's what something I haven't liked is the fact that people will hit me up and be like, "Oh, you you're just trying to get attention." It's like, no, I'm not. I just want to tell my story. But always it, haters with everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I understand that. But um, that's a warning, you know. Yeah. People aren't going to work with him now. They're going to search in Tom Francis or Black Market Enterprise, and they're going to see exactly who he is. Yeah. Because I remember when I saw the, tr the the track that came out with Snoop Dogg, I was thinking, how the hell did he score a 
you know, a song with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And then I didn't, and then find out later he paid for it. Yeah. What was it like 25 grand or something? I heard that he paid 25 grand. And I know it's from a pretty close source, but at the same time, I feel like Snoop Dogg's, I, I can't imagine him being that cheap. I mean, like, he, if you do a song with Snoop Dogg, that, that's going to make a lot of revenue, you know what I mean, in terms of streams and sales yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So you're probably going to make your money. Well, I don't know how much money you would make back, but I feel like it'd be more expensive than 25 grand. But that's what I heard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's um it's 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 fucked up for sure. Yeah. But um some cool things that I've seen that you've done is you've worked with people like Scribe and Jay Williams and you just did um you did a gig with Scribe and Sid recently, eh? Yeah, so I uh, performed with them in Palmerston North a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weekends ago. And uh, it was cool. You know what I mean? Like I walked out to the back where the VIP area was. Sid and Scribe were sitting at a table and Scribe stands up. He's like, what up, Dills? Like, are you still in that spot up in Rotorua? Because he came through and stayed with me up there. So like- Oh, when was this? The, I toured with him uh, at the start of last year. Oh, nice. So we did an Upper North Island tour. And so I think there was four four nights and four nights in a row or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, so like, you know, he, we, you know, it's cool having that recognition and the fact that I could walk in there, boom, scribe stands up, what up, Dills? And then I sit down at the table and Sid's having a conversation with me about the track falling that I put out and the whole Tom Francis stuff, you know? And he's somebody I wasn't sure, you know, I wasn't sure if he knew who I was because uh, I've never really, I haven't worked with him before. And then from there, you know, uh, it just, you know, we got a, we got a track in the works, so you know. You got a track in the works with Sid. Yeah, my man. Yeah, so you know, it's it's cool just building the connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, um, because did you know Scribe? So did you meet him last year? I met him. Yeah, it would have been February last year. Yeah, because I've I he's he's a guy I've admired for years. I mean, he's like the guy. You know, when you yeah. think about New Zealand hip hop, the Crusader. Yeah. The impact it had on over on, in Aussie. Over, when I was living over in Aussie, he is the one that they all knew. You know, yeah, if you talk yeah. about New Zealand hip hop, I'm a New Zealand hip hop artist. Whatever over in Aussie, scribe. That's who they know over there. He's big over in Aussie because he's got something coming out next year, doesn't he? 2020. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was telling me that, uh, and I, I think he might have told the crowd as well, like kind of thing on the stage that he's going to come out with something 2020. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he previewed one of the songs and stuff like that. So I feel like you know it's going to be big. Uh, I don't know when or why or how many. You know how long we got to wait and all the rest. I don't know any of those details. Are you but on the album? No, not at this stage. <laughs> you know, hit me up, hit me up, scribe. I'm down. Um, but you know, I talked. I, I I messaged him a few days ago. I, I do keep in contact with him. Yeah. And because like before we went on tour, we were talking for about a year. You know what I mean? Like by email and Facebook and stuff like that. So like we did the tour, and that was my first time meeting him. But I felt like I kind of already knew him because I've been talking to him on the phone and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm. He's one dude I'd love to have on here because I think his his career has been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, I don't really feel that he's been given the platform to really say what he needs to say. Oh. And you got to worry about with the media. I'm not sure if you had this problem because you talked to stuff, didn't you? Stuff and NZ Herald. Yeah, yeah. And so you know when you're talking to them, you don't know how much of what you say they're going to include. Yeah. In the article. Yeah. Was that something you were worried about? It wasn't that I was worried about it because I was careful about what I was saying, but um. Yeah, I wasn't. No, I wasn't worried. I, I kind of trusted them. I told them when I told, like for example, NZ Herald, when they're trying to do the story and stuff like that. He, the guy that uh, set it all up, David, he was really good. I sat there on the phone with him, having multiple conversations, and I told him exactly what I wanted to be the outcome mm. uh, in terms of putting the warning out there and stuff like that. And I wanted to make sure my story was told clearly. Uh, the only thing that kind of went out of context was the headline of you know west coast of east coast and <sighs> whatever happened there with that headline but i mean if it got the attention for people to jump on the article and read it you know the more people the better so i don't know you know yeah. they could do what they want and in terms of scribe you uh yeah i understand what you're saying it'll be cool to hear his story it was really cool when um like when he came and stayed with us and stuff like that we'd be do when we we're doing the tour we were having conversations about politics and everything, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't expecting to have those types of conversations. So he's talking to me about, like, Jacinda Ardern. He's talking to me about, uh, the, the like, whatever laws are going on. He's very, you know, he's very, very in tune. Very in tune, and he's very, um, like, he's very, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but to talk to, you know, he, he's uh, intelligent, you know what I mean? 
In terms of, well, he just knows his stuff. He knows his stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah he knows his stuff. Did you manage to get into a talk about his history and anything? Or did you try to stay off that topic? Well, Unless he brought it up, I guess. I mean, he, he, he was talking to me kind of about what was going on at the time. I don't really want to say too much. No, no, no. It's no, not no, my, no, my, no, no, not your place yeah. to say. But well, um, he, he was just telling me, you know, if I get through this new music. And uh, like I said, I was talking to him couple weeks ago and he was saying yeah new music so yeah yeah he, did, he, did he reveal to you when in 2020 he's gonna release no nah, he didn't say when but mm. i know he's working on it yeah yeah mm. yeah and how did uh the collaboration with jay williams happen uh so basically it was i don't know how many years ago must be four years ago because my partner's 24 so for 21st i was kind of setting up um what i did originally was reach out to everybody i'd kind of worked with and been in comfort you know in conversation with to do a 21st video shout out for her yeah um so like i got swizz from hobson's label funk volume he did a shout out um flawless was supposed to do a shout out he never sent me the video though which was guttering he said he would do it but he didn't do it um uh futuristic he did a shout out and because i was talking to him back then um so there was a few people that did like shout outs and uh i thought well my partner was a fan of like uh, Sammy J, J Williams and a few of those other artists and so I reached out to them as well just to see if they'd be on board and he was like, well, instead of um, doing a shout out, how about we do a, I'll do a song for her or something like that, I think, because I was, I, was doing the, I was doing a song to go behind the video of everybody shouting her out and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I could just work on the song. And I said, well, instead of doing a happy birthday song, how about we do a real song, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we'll, we'll link up and actually do a song song. And then uh, at that point, I sent him the song Wait On You and uh, he did an amazing chorus on it. Like that song, you know, it's probably one of my favourite, personal favourite songs of mine. And uh, so he did that and he got back to me and he's like, oh, who mixed and mastered this type thing? And I think I said I did. And then uh, from there, I started doing a little bit of that for him. And uh, he did a few songs for me. Uh, so he did Love Drunk. And we actually had like quite a, diff a few different versions of Love Drunk where he had done like a kind of a heavier and uh more full-on vocals like um it was more up not upbeat but aggressive oh, yeah. and then we kind of toned it all down and did a you know the version that came out um but how much back and forth was there oh there's always back and forth like yeah he's the bro i can sit there and message him all day like, no i'm not going to you know <laughs> what i mean but <laughs> yeah, like you yeah, know yeah. on facebook yeah well we were calling each other and we met up if, like um up in auckland and yeah, no, it's really cool just building those connections. I'm not sitting here trying to go, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, fucking best friends with Jay Williams because I imagine he's got, like, a lot better friends than me. But at the end of the day, you know, I've got those connections. I can just contact yeah, yeah. him. Because I, I haven't heard from him in a while. What's he doing these days? He's know? over in Aussie. He's just gotten on the Magic Mike tour thing. So, oh, yes. like, Channing Tatum's doing some big yeah, tour with yeah. it, and he's just gotten on that. So, you know, shout out to him for doing his thing because I know he, he's working out nonstop. Like, he's, every Instagram story every day is him in the gym doing yeah. all these crazy pull-ups and stuff so you know he, he's he deserves it for how much work he puts in totally and yeah. i mean he's a good dancer and all the rest of it oh so. yeah he's a multi-talented dude yeah and i mean he's doing a lot of singing in that but he's like i said over in aussie but he's touring new zealand uh like he's got a show in palmy next week um and it's crazy a, it's crazy how many events are in palmy yeah i know I, yeah. I mean for me that's my home like sort of hometown because yeah, it's right next to Foxton. Fox, what is it? Twenty minutes away? 20 oh, minutes? it would be about thirty minutes. But like I work in Palmy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's right next to Foxton, and my gig a couple of weeks ago was my first ever Palmy gig. So, yeah. I mean, I think what I need to do is focus on the hometown a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But like talking about that, you know, the last week in Palmy, I've had about two or three people come up to me and be like, "Hey, Dills, you know, I, I, I fuck with your music. I heard it on Spotify and all the rest of it." So, yeah. I mean, the people in the hometown they are getting to know me, so yeah. that's cool. It's just I need to do a proper headline show there. So when you've done most of your uh, gigs and stuff, where have they been? Wellington? Uh, no, nah, because when I was working on Metamorphosis and all the rest of it, yeah. um, I was living in Rotorua. So I was based oh, in Rotorua. Right, yeah, and yep. so I was performing. I did quite a few shows in Rotorua, uh, yep. Lava Bar. So we did like I did with Scribe Bear. I did one with Lion Rares and uh, Looms Brown. Mm. Um, I did one, I think, by myself. Uh, I did a lot of shows in Rotorua and then around Rotorua. So like Hamilton, uh, Napier, um, uh, Tukaroa, yeah, Hamilton. That's the good thing about the upper North Island. I find is a lot of the the towns and cities are in close proximity with each other. Yeah, so it's not that far to yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, so when you're doing gigs and stuff, I it's like an hour this way and then an hour that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Way. So it's pretty good in that respect. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true. Oh, uh, yeah. So we we actually did me and Scribe did a show in Hamilton. Uh, I'm just saying that because obviously we're in Hamilton right now. But I think we performed at the local. I think that's what it was called. 
I don't know if that's what it's called now. <laughs> this was start of last year. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but we did a show here. Yeah, because I haven't been here that long, so um, I'm still probably not aware of what was before, maybe. But it is what it is. Would you ever do battle rap? I like it. I mean, I've... Would you jump in the ring and verse Tom Francis? I would. I would <laughs> I'd verse some rap. I'll verse some hands. You know, I'll do whatever. He, do, he does jujitsu or something like that. I'll face him in jujitsu if he wants to do that. Anything he wants to do, I'm down. Um, but um, in terms of battle rap, I mean, like, I'm a fan of it, but I don't know if I, I fit in. I feel like... Why not? Why do you, why do you Because say I've got so much, like, sensitive music. You know, straight away, I know people are going to turn that around. I'm like, oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So They'll uh, use it as an angle. Yeah. Totally, I mean, totally. like, my song, you know, oh, I've got some soft songs out there, and people are just going to, boom, use that against me. So I feel like... I, You'd I, have to write a rebuttal for their, what for they're, they're going to say yeah, about yeah. it. You're yeah. going to have to prepare in advance plus, and know exactly what they're going to say so you can be prepared for it. Plus, like, when it comes... Because I know they go in, like, pretty much, you know... 90% of it's written, but they do do some of those freestyle responses and stuff like that. Yeah, rebuttal freestyle. When it too. comes to a freestyle, I I just overthink it. Unless I'm drunk, I just sit there and trying to come up crazy rhyme schemes while I'm freestyling, and yeah. it just doesn't work. You know, so instead of writing, you know, door and floor, I'm sitting there writing like sliding door and rhyming more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, multi syllables. Yeah, and I, I can't, you know, I'm trying to sit there and freestyle that, and it doesn't work. <laughs> Because I can't. There's some people that just, it really comes naturally it to does. them, eh? Yeah. They're just able to pull it off because- Because um, they've been reading dictionaries. Do you read the dictionary? Thesaurus? Uh, no. Encyclopedia? No. No? No. No. I just kind of, what I do is I kind of, somewhere in my brain, I feel like sometimes I've heard a word and then what I'll do is um, I'll be rhyming, writing a song. And then that word that I might have heard of once upon a time comes up in my head like, oh, that rhymes. And then right. I go and Google what it means. So then I'm like, how Dude, can I've I- Dude, I've had that as well. Yeah, and it's I, like, how can I use that Yeah, word? yeah, when I used to write A, like, mm. yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd have a word. It'd be stuck in your head and you'd be thinking, I know I can use this, but I just need to- Don't know context. what context. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes it's like the word isn't even a word. I might have just made it up. But for the most part, you know what I mean? I've, I've got a- word stored in my memory bank from years ago i might have heard and then yeah i just google what it means how how fast can you bang out a song or do you take your time uh, really, it really yeah. depends like for me i overthink things and i rewrite things a lot for yeah. example like um like some of the songs on my album on my laptop i've got like five different versions of them and some of them are completely different lyrics you know what wow. i mean different beats and stuff so some of the stuff that i really zone in on and i'm trying to perfect it takes me ages to sit there and rewrite 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 um but for example you know, sometimes I can get up, head up for a feature and I'll write the verse the same day, record it and send it back. And that's not saying that I'm doing like a half-assed job. It's just that there's not as much pressure for me. Yeah. Did you ever have problems? Because I know I had this problem when I used to collaborate with some MCs is you'd send them a beat or a half song, you know, and it just needs an additional verse. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll write a verse and then it's like trying to get blood out of a stone, trying to get the verse back from them. Yeah. Yep. No, um... Sometimes you got to keep on them, but when it gets to that point, it's almost like, well, if you're not really committed to the song, you're not really, you know, putting in your effort, then I'll just get someone else on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, like, if you don't want to be a part of it, that's cool. So, how do you decide who you want to collaborate with? Do you hear that person on the song, or you just think, hmm? No, uh, that that has happened. That has happened where I've been like, this this artist would fit this perfectly. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, wait on you. Yep. features Jay Williams and Ty. Scribe actually did a verse for that. Um, oh, did he? He did. He w he was originally on that song. Um, I don't have that the verse vocal files or anything like that. Like we were going to do it as a remix, but the only time I've actually you know seen so any type of a preview of that verse is when we were together. Oh, um, so he did it in front of you? Yeah, no, he wrote the verse and he just didn't record it. So I don't I don't think he's recorded it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but we were going to get him to record it and do a remix. Um, but Love Drunk because of uh, like Love Drunk is a storytelling song where I'm kind of talking about um, alcohol. So I'm talking to the alcohol as if it's a female, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope, dope so, yeah, so Scribe came in and, you know, it was perfect timing for him with what stuff he was going through to be able to kind of open up and talk about that kind of stuff as well. Mm. So sending that to Scribe, I knew he would suit it, you know what I mean? And yep. he loved it as soon as he heard it as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that type of song, I was like, Scribe, if we're not doing weight on you, he he should be on love drunk because he he's gonna he's gonna kill it and so he came in and he did his whole verse you know talking about alcohol and he even talked about Mary Jane you know mm. marijuana as if 
I was a female by using the Mary Jane um, yep. thing. So he did an amazing verse. So, yeah. Mm. You know who I'd like to see you work with is David Dallas, bro. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah he can he can hit me up whenever he wants to. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's in LA, isn't he, or is uh, he in? I don't know. Some part of America. The, the, I mean, I've I've got quite a lot of David Dallas's songs on my Spotify, um, and like uh, he's he's an awesome guy like uh in terms of like his art i met him once at a street fighter competition i've seen him live uh yeah. that was when he opened for eminem yeah yeah, yeah. was that uh that was 2014 yeah. yeah 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 so i've seen him live then um but uh dude apparently he never even met eminem i imagine the i mean 360 uh opened for eminem too the aussie rapper yeah and he didn't meet him either yeah so because i think you know i don't know how that all isolated works. eminem is, yeah he's but then i know that like when so logic security when logic did a show of eminem logic met him so yeah i mean maybe you just got to be big enough yeah quite possibly but um but i remember when i left the venue at rapture in 2014 like i got out of there straight away because western springs pretty much yeah the buses people the everywhere buses man. when they were going past people squeezed up against the yeah, windows yeah, it was like something out of japan it was crazy <laughs> yeah yeah oh true we actually walked from western springs back to our accommodation which was by the sky tower it was crazy oh, bro, that would take like what an hour it took probably longer than an hour yeah, yeah it was were it was, you a bit drunk too uh I was, yeah that was actually my first time trying absinthe um oh, so oh, I, I, the whole night i felt like i'd swallowed my adam's apple yeah i've done that once and never again eh? i was mm. like oh no nah, how would that how would that yeah so would you ever do a tour like overseas or anything oh i mean if i had the fan base but i wouldn't try and do a tour where two people are going to show up you know what i yeah, mean yeah. So, or um like a tour around all of australia or something oh 100 percent. but like i said with the fan base and also uh like i would need the right people behind me trying to help with the events you know what i mean in terms of the organizing um yeah because it is time consuming 100 percent. um so like we're kind of working on a new zealand tour at the moment yeah. uh so from north to south mm, or maybe what north island south we've island? got north kind of sort of locked in we've got uh like a, we've got the rotorua venue uh keen we've got a hamilton venue keen we've got new plymouth keen sort of got a palmy venue keen kind of got a wellington one lined up and napier one locked in so what we and we've uh, got the show in christchurch uh february i think it's february 29th but they're talking about possibly doing it march the first now instead because of a venue change not 100 percent sure what's happening there um but the february 16th for february the 23rd i don't know if we've sorted the date yet we're going to do a show in napier at uh the cabana and my bro, uh, Taft Kings, he's the one that's been helping me organise that. And if that goes to plan, if that, you know, works out, we'll go and do a tour. So everyone show up to the Napier one. Yeah. So yeah. That, in that way we can go on tour. Doesn't, um, doesn't Sid live there? I think he does, yeah. Can you maybe get him to do a set there? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he'd be <laughs> keen. But no. um, yeah, so I've, I've got a few like um, local acts that have reached out to me and, and I've been communicating with that uh, we're going to, you know, get to open, you know, kind of... Uh, give them a platform to be able to come through and perform and stuff like that too because i know sometimes it's hard as an artist to have those opportunities to perform um so i'm looking forward to bringing it all together we've got a zero fucks behind it at this stage yeah, yeah. Uh, they're going to do something to help us they're cool the man they support a lot of the hip-hop scene definitely cool yeah no so shout out chad from zero fucks uh obviously you know i'm wearing yeah. shirt and hat and i know um uh, PhD promote them and uh, one outs. They're responsible for one outs and stuff yep, as well. Yep. So. And uh, Camo MC. Yeah. Down yep. south. Um, but uh, with the Napier show, uh, so it hasn't been like announced or anything so it's not like that. Yeah, officially greenlit. It's not it kind of like a, it basically is, but we haven't started promoting it. So right, right. once we start promoting it, everybody jump on board, get your tickets and all the rest of it. Um, probably try and drop some info on it start of next year or end of this year. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Mm. That's cool, bro. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, like, do you think you'll always stay in Foxton, or do you think you'll move back to Sydney at some point, or do you know what you want to do? Um, I was at the point, like, literally a few weeks ago, or even a couple months ago, if you asked me what I was going to be doing, it was going back to Sydney. Yeah. I had lined it all back up to go back to my old job, and uh, basically just needed to book the tickets. Yeah. And uh, I. I was working doing security. I finished up my last shift on Monday. Um, so I handed over my notice a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I applied for one job. There was one job that caught my attention. It was kind of doing the same thing I was doing over in Sydney. And I liked what I was doing over there. And so I applied for this job at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, went out for a game of golf. Got back at four. And right when I got through the door, they called me up and had a phone interview. 
And so I had the phone interview with them. They're like, come in next week and we'll have the face-to-face. So I went in the next week, had the face-to-face. And then, uh, I, you know, even then I'm pretty sure I told them, you know, it's kind of this, make it, you know, this is going to make it or break it. I'm either probably going to do this or I'll move to Sydney. And uh, they offered me the job. So, you know, I got a job doing what I think I'm going to love. And... Sweet. Yeah, I'm, and would you I'm prefer staying to, in the meantime. Would you, would you prefer to stay in New Zealand anyway? Family and friends-wise, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I do miss the, the people I've uh, met and uh, bonded with over in Aussie. But um, the money, you know, the money is oh, what yeah. the go is over in Sydney. It's just so much money. And, like, because we lived about an hour away from the actual city centre. So I was training an hour each way, which is time-consuming, makes yeah, your day yeah. so much longer. But, like, it's a lot better than driving, yeah. which is a lot of the problems. Yeah, I mean, I could has. jump on the train and go to sleep, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'd jump on the train, just listen to music or write music or whatever. But um, on the thing of living an hour away from the city centre, the houses are cheaper than what they are in Palmerston North. You know what I mean? You oh, could, real? Yeah, like you could rent a three-bedroom house, 260, uh, 300 bucks. You know, you have a nice house, you could have a pool, uh, econ unit, and all the rest of it, $300. Um, so I don't know what New Zealand's up to with their housing prices. I think a lot of, yeah, well, I mean, Auckland, because I'm originally from Auckland, right? Yeah. And it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to imagine. Like, oh, hell, hell with this. Your income would basically be paying for your living. Yeah, and I, um, part of the reason was I, I wanted to buy a house and stuff and I couldn't do it up there, so that's yeah. why I moved down here. Um, but, like, I think a lot, a lot of the problem is, and you'll no- notice it from being in Sydney, is we don't have a good uh, integrated rail network, right? Yes, there's, uh, the public transport over there is so accessible. Like, yeah. for my bus, for like 10 minutes to the train station, it would cost about 16 cents. And then my train from the station through to my work, which was an hour and a bit away, yeah. would cost about $3 each way so that is cheap you know what i mean that's barely anything and you're getting pretty much you know your your bus ride 16 cents train ride three dollars yeah that's not like that in new zealand because they say because you can earn more the cost of living is cheaper in, in australia and you can earn more as well 100, they yep. say you can what is it 20 20 thousand more maybe i was because i was on a job where i was on like a kind of a locked in salary over there but then we also had uh, bonuses each month. So there's individual and team bonus. Oh, nice. So if I was hitting my individual and team bonus every month, which I was, uh, and if I'm hitting, you know, getting my fortnightly salary as well, I was on about 70K. Um, and this is just, I called them up on the Monday when I landed and I had the job by Friday, you know, and I'm getting paid 70K a year. So. And it's easy because, you know, um, Australians and New Zealanders can work in each other's countries mm. with no problems so yeah, it's yeah. pretty straightforward yeah it is yeah but why'd you pick sydney over melbourne um because there's a big hip-hop scene in melbourne i wasn't I, I mean originally i was going over there kind of to to push the music and stuff like that but because everything kind of turned to shit with what happened i just completely went off the radar like not long after i moved there because i moved there about a month after i put my album out maybe or maybe yeah. maybe a little bit less and so my goal was to go over there and push the album but that's when I started seeing everything was getting fishy and then uh, yeah it wasn't long until I took, pulled all my music off the internet and all the rest of it and was just trying to deal with the situation and it kind of put me off music so I didn't really focus on music while I was over there um, but Sydney I mean we were tossing up between Melbourne and Sydney and uh, I think maybe what pushed us to Sydney is because my partner her auntie lived over there so we, oh, right. so you had some family a, a person you know somebody somebody s- yeah. that we knew over there uh, yeah. whereas melbourne there was nobody yeah because that's i think that's part of the problem right is if you go somewhere and then something t- goes to shit you want to back up yeah you <laughs> have no support or anything yeah. no they supported us crazy you know though so you know thank you big time to them because they helped us every 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 move every step of the way they helped us so yeah 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 so let's talk about your song metamorphosis the one that dropped the one yep. that's dropped yep, yep. So, because your first album was Metamorphosis, wasn't it? Yeah. So, the album's called Metamorphosis and that was off the album. That was the title track. So, was that, is this like a re-release? Sort of a re-release. Basically, because I pulled all my music off the internet, yeah. I only just put it all back up a few months ago. Yeah. And because Black Market Enterprise never did their job, nobody ever heard the album. And I mean, I invested so much time and money and all the rest of it, energy, into making the album. I felt like it does deserve to be heard. Yeah. Uh, so, what I started doing is I re-released it myself. And then uh, just put up a video for kind of each of the each of the songs. Uh, not all of them, but have most sh- of them. Have you ever shot your own video? Have you, ever, in, <laughs> have you ever done a song and then tried to shoot a video yourself? Go yeah, on. yeah. No, nah, all those ones are on private on my YouTube, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you ain't seen them. Oh, 
if, if you're an OG fan, uh, you've probably seen a few of them, but yeah, no. That's like a selfie private. stick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I even had it like, because I've got a 15-inch screen MacBook or whatever, kind of like that one there. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just used the webcam and I just held the, the laptop out there and yeah, I yeah. made the video like that um, for some of them. And some of them, I just set the laptop up on a, on a you know, on a table and... I was just shooting it on my on the MacBook, and then I've got a song on YouTube called Hometown. Yeah, and that was shot on my cousin's Samsung. I think it was like a S five back then when it just came out, or S four. Bro, a lot of uh, videos and stuff are shot on phones now, man, because it's so powerful. It's, the the quality is crazy. I mean, I've got a S ten plus, and uh, it's, it's crazy, crazy quality. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing. Actually, you don't need to spend like three grand on a. On a nice ass camera. No, well, I've got a really awesome photo crew and video crew. Like we just shot a video right before we came here. Um, so that was for it's an it's like an international collab. Yeah. Uh, there's an Indian guy called Safal, and he hit me up, and he's doing some massive things. He's got like fifty thousand views on most of his YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I was like, well, that's cool because he's hitting me up. It's going to give me a chance to put my music in front of his platform in his country. Yeah. Um. So I dropped a verse, and uh, so we did the video for that this morning. And then we did a photo shoot uh, for after the video just to do some clothing photos and some, get some new photos that I can use to promote and all the rest of it. Um, but we did that this morning. So shout out to David Nixon, who's the photographer, and uh, Michael Newton, he's the videographer. They're ham- both Hamilton-based, and they've got my back big time. So it's crazy. You know, it's really cool. I can come up here and just hit them up, and whenever they kind of drop everything and do something for me. So appreciate them big time. And uh, if you need some work done, go and hit them up. Hamilton. How do you how do you find doing photo shoots? I've done a photo shoot before and I find it really weird. I hate it. Because you're trying to you're posing. You don't know what to look at. You're posing, but you don't really want to look like you're try hard posing, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I don't like it. I don't I and I mean I don't smile. I hate smiling. It's not that I'm an angry person, it's just I don't know how to smile. Um <laughs> so I I don't like it. Um and like after this, I'm off to a actual like proper like in a studio photo shoot because this was just the photos by the river and in the woods and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But this I've, after I finish up here, I got another photo shoot with somebody else. I haven't worked with him, but uh, uh his name's Daniel and uh you know, I'll I'll do some promos of him once we Dropped the photos and that, but he hit me up after the whole Tom Francis thing, and he's like, "Hey, bro, I want to give you a hand, come through." And uh, so, I want to come th- go through and see him, and that's an actual like photo studio. You know what I mean? I haven't seen or so experienced like, that. You've yet. got lighting similar to this, I'd imagine. I'd imagine, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not too sure how it's all going to go. I'll let you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous because I don't know, I don't know what to do with myself uh, when uh, trying to take photos. Just, well, do they tell you what to do with these photo shoots? To be like to, to a degree, they'll kind of be like stand there, move left, move right, and then you know look there and look there. But it's like, how do I look there? <laughs> you know, what what facial expression should I use? But so the first time you did a photo shoot and you got the photos back, were you like looking at it and like, oh fuck, man? Because I know I was. Yeah, no, I, did, I was like, oh. Man. The thing is, so what they do for me is they all send all the photos. So um, oh, every single one, every single one. So if we took fifty photos, I'll get all fifty of them, and then I'll delete about forty-eight. <laughs> I keep two of keep them. Keep two of them. <laughs> I use those two on everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of photos. It's like, what, what was I doing? What was I looking at? What was I, you know what I mean? So, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Do you know anything to, like, with Photoshop or Adobe Photoshop? Do you know how to use any of that stuff? Or do you do any editing or anything? No, I mean, like, I try to, I try to do a bit of editing myself. Like, sometimes, like, an album cover or, not a, like, a single cover or whatever. I'll do, like, the... Just do it myself. Yeah. Um, I do do some photo editing myself, uh, but I'm not. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not satisfied with how I do it because I'm not very good at it. So, because I notice a lot of artists these days that do everything themselves. I mean, Ryan Lovins is a perfect example. Yeah, he's, no, he's, shout he's, out to him. He, he does. He's a, a machine man. He does a lot. Like when I was watching him last night, I was like, wow. Um, I, I wouldn't even have the time to be able to sit down and try and learn what he's doing. Um, I think it's it's that American work ethic. Possibly. Because Americans are relentless in terms of their work ethic, man. Yeah. If yeah. you ever get a chance to go to America, you'll see what I mean. But it's, yeah. So mm. I think I think that's where he's picked it up from. Yeah. No, nah, he's got a crazy grind. And, uh, you know, shout out to them because they do they do a lot for New Zealand hip hop. Because you've, you've done some stuff with them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I met them, uh, Tauranga, we did a show. And uh, that was a couple couple years ago and um that was probably about nearly three years ago it was about two and a half years ago and so we did a show that's where i met them and then we kind of laid down the foundation back then hit them up on facebook you know and we, we've been back and forth 
met a few times, been back and forth, um, doing music and stuff like that since then. So a lot of people don't actually know what they've done in the game, man. No, they've done a lot. Yeah. And I mean, they've worked with a lot of people and they've opened for a lot of people. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they opened for Tech Nine three times, I think. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I'd love to do it once. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, or maybe they can tear it up for you next time. Because Tech Nine will be back, man. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he drops an album every year. Um, And he probably, I think all he does is tour. You know what I mean? I think he just makes music on the road. Yeah. I know one of your influences is Hobson. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Huge influence. Uh, has he ever come here? Yeah. He came here 2015. So he was part of Funk Volume. Well, he, he was the founder of Funk Volume. So there was Hobson, Dizzy Wright, yep. Darren Benton and Swizz. And uh, the th- three of them came through for a show December 2015. So I got the meet and greets and stuff like that. Had to meet them. So I met them. I gave them a USB stick with my music on it. You know, I don't know if he ever listened to it. But... Um, that was that was like a dream come true at the time, you know what I mean? Mm. Being able to meet him. Cho- Sorry, I've got a lot of um, acid from the <laughs> from the V. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, so being able to meet him and all the rest of it, that was that was crazy. We got to talk music. I talked to him about uh, what he does music wise, what he had coming up. What he, I was talking to him about like music that he had worked on and hadn't put out, you know, like unreleased material, just to get an idea of the type of stuff like how how much he's working on and like how much songs he'll leave off an album and all the rest of it just oh, true. Yeah, yeah i just had like i was talking to him like 15 minutes and it was it was like probably at the time one of the best 15 minutes of my life yeah <laughs> so one of us uh, fanboy one of my favorite jams by him is um ill um ill mind of hobson five yeah that was like the big one when that came out is what made him massive but i was yeah, listening yeah. to him before that Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, I heard all his previous ones. Yeah, before, yeah. But because you did a remix of it, didn't you? Oh yeah, I did. I yeah, did. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, so I had heard him before that, and um, that came out, and then everybody around the town come up to me. Have you? I was trying to show his music to people for ages, yeah. and then they all came up. Have you heard this song? Have you heard this? Like, and I was like, I tried to show you his music like a year and ago, you were, and you didn't, and you didn't care. care. <laughs> you just like, oh yeah, and then now you're trying to show me his music, like. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I did. Yeah, I did. I did remix uh, Illmind Five. I, I remixed Illmind Six too. That's on one of my mixtapes. Um, How? Uh, what, what's he up to now? Is he up to ten, eleven, nine? So he must be ten. Must be next. Okay, I lost track. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, he was doing it every year on his birthday, but he kind of fell off. So I don't know what he's doing. If he's going to keep doing them or not. Because I, I was following him at one point, and he said he was going to move to Australia. And, yeah, yeah, you know, I remember that. Because he was on the whole Christian thing, and then he went off it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, he jumps in and out of stuff quite full on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's, there's people with certain personalities like that. I mean, people do it. It's just he's got a big platform, so everybody sees him do it. So yeah. I feel like people probably do that in their personal lives. Every year, somebody's probably got different opinions or different directions, different goals and all the rest of it. But because he's got such a big platform and he makes it public, it looks different for us to see him doing it. Yeah. Mm. So how do you find balancing work and music? find it very hard. Um, yeah, I imagine. Because that's why I kind of, uh, I couldn't do it anymore. I know like some people, um, well, actually most MCs that I know are doing, having to balance work and um, music. I mean, there's a well-known uh, artist. I won't say who it is, but he, you wouldn't think that he had a job on the side. But yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think it's just the the thing of like New Zealand music as a whole is very hard to make a living. You know, well, New it's Zealand, a very small, small audience. I mean, you, you can only tour New Zealand how many times a year? I mean, that and that's most of your income comes from touring. So, yeah, um, it's quite hard to make a living off music in New Zealand. Um, sorry, and um, with um, me, for me, I find it hard just finding the time to fit everything in because when you're doing music you're not just writing music recording it and putting it out i mean you're trying to promote it you're trying to network you're trying to um, establish a brand you're trying to um you know try and help everybody else out that's helping you out you know you're trying to promote other people as well like you know i'm trying to do my video team my photo team all helping me out zero fucks helping me out all these people helping you out and you're trying to find time to fit them all into your schedule and then you're trying to record the music you're trying to sort out the whole mixing the mastering you're trying to work out how and when you're going to do a video shoot you got to try and squeeze in photo shoots you got to try and do all the promotional stuff you got to do the interviews you, there's so much that goes into being an artist yeah it's, and then everybody just sees a three-minute song 
You yeah, they don't I mean? know that all the hard work behind they the don't. scenes. No, there's so much hard work that goes in behind and the scenes. And because the uh, music scene is kind of oversaturated, I mean, yep. particularly in New Zealand, I feel like Every everyone's a rapper, or, a rapper. Yeah, or everyone knows someone who raps. Yeah. You know, yep. I have like a backlog of people that want to come on here who are rappers. Just yep. a massive, massive backlog. Yeah. Um, so it's, well, shout out for getting me up, bro. No, that's all good, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, no. So I just, I I know how hard it is, man. Just sometimes do you just have one of those days where you're just like, oh, fuck this, I'm done with this. Yeah, well, because I've actually, I've got a partner as well. And so it's trying to balance like me time and <clears throat> us time. Yeah, and yeah. Work and music and sleep. Yeah. And they are very hard to all fit into the same. So how do you do it? Day. I'll wing it. <laughs> <laughs> at this stage of playing sleep for friday and then um the rest of the time i'm just grinding so do you have any kids or anything no 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 imagine how hard it is for people that have kids like ryan oh, i know how does he do it yeah yeah so like and you know it's crazy crazy yeah yeah so how do you keep your energy up v's v. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people who don't know yeah i had a v for him and he's he seems pretty stoked yeah uh no so usually I, i'm the type of person that can live off not too much sleep so my sleeping you know i'm usually asleep you know like one o'clock two o'clock in the morning and then i'll be up at six or seven yeah so i can live off that much sleep and be fine but if i'm not getting any sleep you know i kind of crash and burn um but i feel like that the fact that I can live off not much sleep, I don't know if that's just a natural thing or if my body's just learned not to. I feel like that's what's helped me big time is yeah. because there's less time on my day getting taken up by sleep. Because if you think about it, if you're having an eight-hour sleep every day, you've only got 16 hours to do stuff. If you're having a six-hour sleep, you've got 18 hours to do stuff. You've got yeah. two whole extra hours. So That's why I feel like people in Auckland, particularly if you're, not, if you're working at a place that's not close to your work and then you're having to do the commute as well. Yeah. And then you're trying to do music on the side. It's really, really hard. Yeah, like when I was in Sydney, my, my days were 8.30 till 5, I think it was, um, Monday to Friday. Yeah. But because I had to bust at the train station and catch a train, you know, and I had to be there early because I can't miss it, and then I had to do the same thing back, my eight and a half or seven and a half hour day, I think it's eight and a half hour day, turned into a 12 hour day every day. So I was getting up at six and getting home after six. So When I moved from Auckland to here, I gained three hours a day. Mm. When you moved from Sydney back to Foxton, did you find yourself? You, you, did you find that you had more time? Yeah, no, I did. I did, and um, I was bored at first. Yeah, <laughs> so I had and to find so stuff you, to you do. Created this? Yeah. Uh well, not entirely, but yeah, yeah. Well, this was a long process building this because yep. you know I had to. Well, I didn't build it myself. I paid someone to do it because I'm not a, I'm not a DIY guy. But yeah, yeah, yeah it was something I planned over a period of time. Yeah, well, I'll keep you busy. It's cool. Like I mean, I've been keeping up with what you're doing, and you're getting quite quite a lot of people through. And at the same time, you're getting quite a lot of like attention. You know, it's like each video, it's getting out like a thousand views or whatever you're getting. Yeah, and it's almost like that means you must have some type of a core fan base that's tuning into every video. Yeah, well, it seems that way. But um, I know there's people that are watching this that aren't su subscribed, so they need to subscribe. But um, oh yeah, 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 I know but, that feeling. But um. Uh, like I'm always reaching out to people constantly, right? Like I've got people booked well in advance in March. I actually contacted um, Jacinda and Simon. Mm -hmm. uh, Jacinda was uh, couldn't do it because she's too busy. But she couldn't Simon, or wouldn't? Well, her PA said that she was too busy. Right. Um, which may be true. It may not. I don't know. Simon Bridges is a possibility. Right. But we'll have to see. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what makes you do the whole kind of um, branching from politics to hip hop to, you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, there's a number of reasons. Like, I mean, I have a lot of different interests. I'm not just interested in one thing. And also, like, I like the diverse nature and being educated on stuff as well. Yeah. Particularly if it's something I know nothing about. So um, by the time this airs, There'll be an episode that uh, is released from these guys. <clears throat> they have an investment company called Kernel, where they basically it's all to do with index funds and how do you invest your money? Because apparently uh, Kiwis, we have this big um, focus on residential property, investing in residential property. But there's actually a number of other different ways to invest your money and get good returns and stuff. Right. So this is something that just blew my mind talking to this guy. Right. And it's all about networking and, and um, gaining connections as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as well, the fact that you're branching out to all these different types of people, you're getting their audience and you're kind of probably going to 
grow quite a diverse fan base yeah, of well, your show. You I know was heavily I mean? inspired by Joe Rogan. Yeah, no, and he's got and very interesting content. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he gets a lot of different people involved. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's, it's different for different people, right? So, say, hip-hop might resonate with some people, but it not, might not resonate with others. Yeah. Yeah. And, and politics, and, like, and politics, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just it, it all depends. I mean, I'm I'm always reaching out to different people and stuff. It's just as, um, but obviously hip hop is something I'm very very interested in. It, um, whether it's the battle rap or traditional on beat stuff. So, and it's and it's cool just being educated. And because I used to do hip hop, yeah, but I've I've kind of thrown in the towel now, and I decided to do this. So if can I'm you not, ever not, really throw in the towel though? I imagine if you used to do hip hop, you've got some lyrics that come to your head, oh, or some yeah. flows that you can come up yeah, with. Yeah, oh, yeah, there is. There's some stuff with stash in the vault. I mean, Dila, who runs um one outs, he's trying to get me to enter one outs, and I have thought about doing it. Should me and you battle on it? <laughs> we could. We could. We could. Just don't bring up my sets, my soft songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would do that. I would do that. But I, I do, I do have a lot of stuff just stashed away in the vault yeah, for yeah. the day. Um, cause I, I don't, uh, similar to uh, like with you and the music and stuff, uh, there's a lot involved with this, right? Just getting someone, well, the, first of all, there's getting someone on and then obviously you have to kind of know, um, the background, the background. Yeah. Particularly if it's a, it's a subject I have no idea about, but the trick is right. I have to know enough to be able to hold a conversation, but I don't want to know too much to where you take over. Well, where I take over and also what, so the audience can't even follow what the hell we're talking about because it's too in-depth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're getting into very, very specific um, things. So it's it's a very hard balance. And then obviously you've got, as you said, like marketing and um, doing all the mixing and editing and all that. Yeah. I so mean, and part, of the, and part of the reason I don't do uh, it live as well is because I think some people are a bit more hesitant to come on. You suffer platforms, like, particularly politicians, right? Yeah, yeah. Just in case they slip up or Yeah, or they say something they regret. Like I there's a few people that have that are coming on that have said they they asked me a few times, they're like, Okay, if if I say something, you can edit it out, right? I'm like, Yes, I can edit it out if you yep. want me to edit it out. Yep. On, um honestly though, I've only had one guest on where I've had to edit something out. Okay. So far. Or yep. they've asked me specifically to edit something out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you probably be be surprised as who that person is but um yeah so nine times out of ten yeah i don't really i don't really have to edit in the content per se mm-hmm. but it's just up to up to the individual if they want me to edit it out or not yeah but yeah no nah, it's it's cool and i don't feel like there's really anyone in new zealand doing this no nah, i mean it's a really cool setup really cool platform and i mean you're growing pretty quick so congrats. yeah well i've only been doing it six months yeah no you're doing a a good job yeah so. yeah and, and it's it's a way of me giving back to the hip-hop scene as well yeah i know there's people that watch this and then obviously there's the the, the verses and everything that rappers do at the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah so. you put me on the spot with that one <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I, I want them to come more prepared by like just being so busy and just Dude, trying no, to write no. on the side it's like yeah oh. yeah no 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 it's all, it's all good bro it's mm. all good it is what it is but um so where's the best place where um everyone can find all your stuff just search in d-i-l-z and i should just come up i mean I don't know about Instagram. I suck at that app, but uh, I know my thing on there is at Dills Music. Yep. So, I mean, if you search in at Dills Music, I should come up. Spotify, D-I-L-Z, Facebook, D-I-L-Z, uh, Snapchat, D-I-L-Z, N-Z, uh, no spaces. And, uh, I mean, if you want to go iTunes and stuff like that, buy my music, it's just D-I-L-Z. So, yeah, just Dills. Yeah. Dills across the board, YouTube as well. Um, something you said before, though, I mean, like you mentioned, I know these people that watch this and haven't subscribed. I mean, I've got a song on YouTube and it's got 350,000 views, right? Bro, I saw that, bro. And it, it's a very, very old song. One of the first songs I ever put out. And I just did it, you know, as a kind of like, it's one of those soft songs where I'd seen it happening around me and I just tried to, you know, it's called Heal the Wounds. It's about, um, you know, people self-harming and stuff like that. So yep. I just tried to do something, you know, like positive. And um, I got like huge attention and it's such a horrible song. Like the quality <laughs> is just not there. I can't even, like that was one of my first songs I ever wrote and like rapped. And 350,000 people watched it. If they all subscribed, they'll be getting alerts on my new stuff where I can actually make good music. Hopefully, they consider it good music. And, I mean, I'd be away in 350,000 views on every song. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All you got to do how, is subscribe. How long ago was it? it was... Oh, that song? That was like 2013. Because I think, because um, I was talking to uh, Dila the other day about this. In terms of the algorithm, in terms of social media, it's changed dramatically. 100%. Like when, so, I, when, so, I'm, when I'm Facebook and put that up, 
Like I didn't even have a very big following on my artist page. I don't even know if it wasn't on my artist page, but I got over a hundred like people that had seen it because as soon as you put it up, everybody that was following my Facebook seen it. Yeah. And now I've got like on my Facebook artist page, I've got like six and a half thousand people that follow it and it reaches like a couple hundred unless I pay them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I've had similar problems, right? Where I've got quite a few people following. Like uh, I might post like a little snippet from a podcast and on YouTube it'll get... Oh, the, the the full podcast will get over a thousand views, but then the snippet on Facebook, I know we get like a hundred and or two hundred views. It's real weird, eh? Yeah, no, it's they've really limited what you can do and who you can reach unless you pay them. Yeah. So I mean, I've got six and a half thousand people that like my page, and if I want all six and a half thousand people that have already chose to follow me to see yeah. it, I have to pay. It doesn't make sense. Do you do you set any money aside for marketing or anything? Uh, I've li- I mean, like back in the days, I used to put money into. Like kind of promoting, promoting and stuff like that. Yeah. But since I started doing music again a few months ago, I haven't put a cent into it. Yeah. So everything I've just been, you know, everything I'm doing, every view, everything I'm doing at the moment is just organic. So shout, like, like, that's 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 cool. I feel you know proud of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting the numbers I'm getting isn't massive, like a few thousand views on a video or whatever. But at the same time, that's just organic. That's word of mouth for people seeing it and checking it out. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose, because I know I look at the analytics on YouTube and stuff, and you try and work out a pattern. Yeah. The patterns of, are you able to work anything out? It must have been weird when you got that $350,000, uh, $350,000 views on one video. But yeah. You're probably like, how did that happen? Mm. <laughs> now, for that, I've seen it slow quite, gro- uh, slow quite growly. I see it grow quite slowly. Yeah. Um. So... I seen it, you know, growing slowly, got to 5,000 views, and I was like, oh. And then when it got to 20, 30,000 views, it just took off, you know, and it was getting like 1,000 views a day. And I think once it hits a certain point, they just take off because yeah. it's like kind of big enough to come up in everybody's suggestions and stuff like that or when they search something similar, it's probably one of the top results. So I feel like maybe just getting your videos to kind of that point, that's when they then, you know, mind of its own and whole bunch of people can see it but um yeah i did see it grow very slowly i've seen some people that just full-on buy views on, oh, on i've on seen that facebook too. on twitter and all that stuff but, tom francis yeah <laughs> but it's like it's very suspicious when you know you see that um you know it might have i don't know three hundred thousand views and two likes or something or yeah or there's no comments on it <laughs> or, or no comments at all or they have like 20 something thousand followers on facebook and they have three likes on their posts and then all of a sudden one post has a thousand and something likes it's like it's very 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 obvious to see who's real and who's fake you know what i mean yeah totally, totally. and i think the ones that are being real are the ones that you know like you know who's being real. They're building a foundation for themselves. So it might not look the coolest. might not look that great having only 50 likes or 100 likes on a post. No, you got to start somewhere, right? But they're building, you know what I mean? They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're working on their product and they're trying to reach more people and they're doing it organically and it's going to eventually, if it's good enough, hopefully it's going to get somewhere. You know what I mean? But if you go and just buy a fake like or whatever you want to do, you go on tour and eight people show up to your show. That's what happens. <laughs> Yeah, totally. let it be a warning. Don't buy stuff. Don't don't fake it till you make it because it doesn't work. Yeah, and I suppose you know quite a few people that have tried that. I mean, I've seen a few people try it, but Tom you know. Francis aside. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen a few. I've seen a few people that have tried it. Like um, I remember back in the days, there was this guy I did a song with, and he was t- trying to mentor me. And um, back then, I think I'd put a song out, and he was kind of upset that my views didn't reflect what he was getting. But then back then you could look at the algorithms of other people's views on their YouTube. This is like years ago. You could click and see kind of how many views it got on a day and stuff like that. Yeah. I went into that and on one day his views went from like nothing to all the way up here and then yeah. it stayed there. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it went like zero, zero and then like probably 20,000 and then, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. his video had 20,000 views but they all came in on one day. You know, how suspicious is that? <laughs> That's very suspicious. Yeah, and, and he was hitting me up like, oh, you need to, you know, you need to promote it more and you got to do this because I'm this big of an artist and you got me on your song and you put it out and it did nothing. And I was like, well, actually. And so I think, you know, back then, me being me and being a little bit of a hothead, I went and remixed, like hit him up and I did a, a diss, diss song on him and I put it on my mixtape and all the rest of it and a little homemade video, which I put on private. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very big. Um, I think 
what it does though is it puts false impressions on tour promoters and people like that you know and then all of a sudden they're going to go oh we want to get him because he's got this many spotify views and him or her they've got this many spotify views and they've got this many youtube views and they've got this many facebook likes and this many instagram followers we want to do stuff with them over this other person who's only got this much yeah yeah meanwhile that one's real and the other one's fake you know so it's kind of a, a kick in the guts for the other people that are grinding. I think, you know, it's it's like the whole lotto thing where people just want to buy because they want all the money instantly without doing all the hard work to get there. <laughs> yeah, right? 100%. You need, like with, this type, with any type of creative art form, yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah. You can't expect instantaneous success. Yeah. Unless you're one of those ones that like when your first video goes viral. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, yeah, which does happen, it but does it's happen. extremely unlikely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Um, well, look, I'll wrap up there because I know you got to get going. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, man, make sure you check out the boy Dills. He's on pretty much every social media platform. Yeah, except for Twitter because I deleted that. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's dangerous. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I've got work Twitter, it. but I barely use it. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't understand it. I, now, I mean, that's where I was kind of aiming towards with Instagram too. And then everyone was like, "No, nah, you need to build it. You need to build it." And so, yeah, go follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram's away. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, yeah, we're going to finish there. Dills is just going to quickly wrap up with a verse. But uh, yeah, make sure you share, like, and subscribe. Follow Dills on all his social media platforms. Make sure you support his new song, Metamorphosis. Out now on YouTube and all other platforms. Yep. A shout out Zero Fucks. And uh, if you're in Christchurch, February 29th or March 30th, catch me, Ty, Jay Williams, and King Cass uh, live. It's going to be a good one. All right. Sweet. Yo. Yo, Stills, shout out Zero Fox, shout out Michael Newton, shout out David Nixon for the video shoot, the photo shoot earlier, shout out Tish for getting me packed and ready to come up here, shout out Reese for getting me up on the show, Yo, let's do it, I have to admit it, I'm feeling empowered. It's true it took time, like I was stealing these hours 2019 spent dealing with cowards 2020 though I have a feeling it's ours Reminiscing got me wishing that this all went differently I'm proud of where I am, I'm not looking for no sympathy With a beat, a cappella, or with a symphony I'll do anything you do to put it simply Literally, it's like you're littering, you're dropping garbage Go back and study literacy, don't call yourself an artist The fucks I give it zero and dough Shout out zero fucks, walking down the street with the bros And people stare at us, they know who I am now At my shows they have their hands up It's the best feeling hands down Thank you Kiwi Talk Sincerely for inviting me Passenger seat is ready If you wanna come and ride with me I'm out Yeah, that's the show people Make sure you share, like and subscribe And support the boy Dills Until next time Stay safe Peace Shot guys <laughs>